weasel pies and chicken nuggets. It's uh, Scott Johnson here with uh, Brian, Justin, Robert, Giant, Flying Young. <laughs> it's Justin, Robert, Young, everybody, and it's Hotline Monday. We're back. Woo-hoo! Yeah. Yeah. Man, we're uh, 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 we're surviving. Are Is we? that a good way to say it? Are, we're surviving. Are Scott we? back from a con? Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm like knee deep in. Uh, I, I don't think I imploded my career this morning on the politics show. I I, I, I gave my endorsement of who I'm going to vote for oh. for president, and I assumed that uh, uh, I, I had to I had I had to, I had to thread a stone needle uh, because I don't know if you have picked up on this, but most people who listen to politics podcasts have very strong opinions <laughs> about politics. Yeah, and, they tend they tend to be very engaged in their particular uh, slant. I've noticed. Uh, yeah, so I I, uh, I so, had to to be very careful and, and and get out, explain explain my vote. Have uh, you not Have you not had any backlash then from that? Because I it seems like you would have immediately heard from people if you picked. Yeah, a side. I think I did it. I think I think I I think I succeeded. Uh, mm. uh, but uh, I will be writing in uh, uh, my mom. Mm. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> For real. <laughs> Well, of course they're not. Listen, no one's going to be mad at that because you've always had a um, I, of all the people I know, even knowing you and and where you land on on certain issues, be they social or otherwise, you don't strike me as somebody who would do anything else. Like the the show and your take on all of this has well, always this, been pretty middle election, of the road. This election specifically, because yeah. uh, there's uh, and as I I tried to explain. I've got, uh, I've got, I've got very fundamental issues with uh, the top two candidates running, and and uh, I tried to explain. I did not do it lightly. Mm. I, I have voted for major party candidates in the past, and and I explained everything there. Uh, this is not something that I've ever done before. I've never written in a candidate, but uh, I I thought that uh, that my mom Gloria Young. So if you want to join the movement, uh, <laughs> you too can write in Gloria Young tomorrow if you are satisfied i with might your i might do that but does she uh so writing candidates this just is it just i've never done it so is it just a person's name is yeah, that right in a thing apparently there's like some large there's, there's always like a gigantic amount of mickey mouse votes every year yeah that became like the stand-in like whatever fu kind of protest thing mm. uh and this is uh this is certainly i guess you could you could factor in as protest but, but could i put in gloria young but then do I have to say, oh, she's the one that lives in Florida and uh, lives at whatever? Like, how do I denote her? How do I mark That's her? That's funny because you because you think like, okay, Hillary Clinton, and then it's like somebody, some lady stands up and she's like, well, I'm Hillary Clinton. I live in Boise, and it's like, <laughs> like, oh crap, you're gonna be president now because you uh, touched your nose first. <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm asking. It seems like there ought to be a rule or a, a something, because otherwise, who knows who I'm writing in? No, I mean, I guess there is probably some sort of mechanism to figure out exactly who it is. But normally, it's like you're getting on the ballot. Yeah. So so there is uh, stuff to it. Anyway, listen. Listen to politics, politics, politics. I'm sure we're going to be talking about this on TMS tomorrow. Yeah. Thing, uh but let's get into to the meat of the matter. There's uh, no vir- there, I don't want to say there's a virtual guarantee tomorrow. There is a literal guarantee tomorrow that we will talk about. Guarantee tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we are going to talk about Doctor Strange and Westworld. Indeed. Do you wh- wh- what do you think should go first? I think we should do uh, get I think we should get into some strange first. Uh 
uh, okay, so before we start talking about it, obviously, uh, there ahead lie some spoilers, everybody, if you care about such things. I haven't seen Doctor Strange, and I don't care about spoilers so much, especially on the show. Um, I, I'm i totally fine knowing everything about it, uh, wherever we need to talk about it. So that's all good, but I haven't seen it yet. I'll probably see it on Tuesday. It does bear mentioning uh, that the show or the movie ha- is doing extremely well, both financially and critically. Uh, also everyone I've talked to loved it and people who I've talked to who sort of always are ranking the Marvel movies, the Marvel cinematic films, they, uh, are now putting Dr. Strange right up in, in the uh, top three or four, uh, which is pretty insane. Some, can we agree that that's starting to get, it's starting to lose a, a little bit of its relevance. Yeah. The, like the ranking, the Marvel movies thing. Just yeah. Cause a there's little been bit. so many good ones and it's like. Okay, is do we really want to get into an argument of like, well, technically, Winter Soldier's a little <laughs> bit better than Guardians, and it's like, no, they're just great. But I we we just like these movies. Let's just, yeah. I, I would say, just put it into into maybe like like a groupings. Mm-hmm. Very good, excellent, okay, yeah. or bad. If you if you don't like them, then bad. But just group them. I don't like this whole like. Well, now you're a you are a rat fink if you put uh, <laughs> Avengers two in the same category as Ant Man. It's yeah. like okay, what whatever, man, it's fine. You are kind of a rat fink if you do that. But here's what I'm going to say. I I prefer this. Did you so somebody says, did you see Doctor Strange? Yes. What'd you think? I loved it. It's my favorite. Okay, totally fine. If you say, oh, it was really good. I really liked it. If you say, I hated it. That's all good. I don't think you need to then say. I don't think the other, it's on the other person not to say, oh, you th- better than Winter Soldier? Really? I mean, don't ask that. Just say, yeah. it's my favorite, or I really liked it, or I didn't like it, or, or say, it's my favorite. It's my, if you, because if you start saying, oh, it's my least favorite, then people go, what about Thor, uh, the second world, or the hell the second one was called? I the forgot. Dark world. Dark yeah. world. Then, then you just end up with conversations that lead nowhere, and it's all hyperbole and opinion, and who cares? It's a subjective, uh, you know, playground. So forget it. So we can all agree on that. I think all that being said, I've yet to hear a bad thing about the movie. Uh, I've read any bad reviews and I haven't seen anybody who said they didn't like it. So, uh, a let's hear your opinion and then B let's talk about it in at length and see why, how it is that Marvel took yet another obscure weird ass kind of out there from the seventies psychedelic era, freaking Santana in the background, weird freaking hero and made it work in a modern context in a way that appears to be very successful. So I'm very curious about all of that. All right. Well, let's start here. Uh, the The script. Well, all right, here. Let, let me get all the negative things that I could possibly think to say about the movie. Out. All right. Go. Uh, if if you are bothered by Marvel tropes, then get ready to be bothered by the fact that. The villain's underwritten and just wants to destroy the world for no reason. Uh, the the female uh, companion is somebody that is uh, overcast and has little to do. Okay. Um, and there indeed involves a gigantic portal in the sky that threatens the entire world. Great. As as, as Marvel movies are are want to have. Apparently, all these characters are just. Constantly being followed by not dark clouds, but rather glowing portals in the sky, threatening to bring total ruination to all of Earth. Mm. That being said, none of it matters 
because the script is just so good. <laughs> it just moves everything ahead so fast. And like, sure, th th all those things are true, but they all kind of have reasonings within the story that matter, that are set up, that are are demonstrated. Uh, let me let me ask you this, Scott. Yeah. Does this interest you? Yeah, very much so. I uh, like it. Well, no, okay. No, I'm, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a log line. Oh, oh okay, okay, okay. Harry Potter meets like '70s era Shaw Brothers kung fu film. <laughs> um. Well, now that you put it that way, uh, resounding yes, absolutely. Those things. Are that's what this movie is. If you if you have any sense of like what this uh, th this movie is going in to me coming out of it, it was very 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 clear that this is you know man gets caught up with these magic powers gets caught up into this larger world where there's warring clans and you have to you know there's the the, the master of the temple has protected a, a secret that you know they need to un unpack and uncover. Uh, Layer that with the fact that it, it has another one of those, uh, another one of those Marvel Pixar. Every beat in the script has been rewritten to to get maximum fun, maximum character interaction. Yeah. Like there's a, a, a Beyonce joke uh, in the movie that is is very clearly one of those like last. Uh, uh, last month rewrites that Marvel movies and Pixar movies do where, yeah. you know, it's just like, okay, where can we just make, where, where can we put a thing that just pops the crowd and just brings levity to this kind of scene? Right. Uh, I, I really can't say enough about it, especially also that like, man, you watch those trailers and you're like, yeah, it kind of looks like Inception of Batman Begins and that's cool and I'm cool with that in, in the Marvel universe. Yeah. And there are some visuals in this movie that are like uh you know the the old the old cartoon heavy metal like just insane crazy like absolutely wild acid flashback kind of uh, uh insanity like the like fractals on fractals on fractals bending our dimension within <laughs> an inch of its life like just insanity yeah it was crazy i'm glad they went all all in on that stuff um i'm i'm curious about the because the psychedelic magic '70s thing, I kind of expected that they would, you know, lean into that the best they could. And I don't mean '70s in terms of you know bell bottoms and afros. I just mean, you know, that kind of psychedelic era, people experimenting with LSD and then writing comic books about their experiences yeah. is really where all this came from. This is a Ditko creation. Um, not since Spider-Man have we had a Ditko hero show up. I'm really happy to he to hear that that worked well. Um, but where are you getting that? I understand that he's magic, but give me the Harry Potter angle. Are we also, uh, we, are we subjected to long scenes of I'm being trained by the sage uh, wizard man who's going to teach me all I need to know, but it's really not all I know. I, there's things here that are afoot that we don't understand and that sort of stuff. Am I d predicting the pro plot pretty well? Uh, yes. Uh, 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 uh it, it's, it's not. Just that, obviously, but certainly you uh, I would be lying to you if I said that didn't describe a, a portion of the plot. Harry Potter comes into me because Harry Potter is the last major movie franchise that I can remember that so effectively set up a fantasy universe. Yeah. And we're, you, we're Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. The powers come from the wands. The wands choose the wizards. You tell, uh, you know, a spell is cast. 
by way of how you move the wand, plus what you say and how clear you say it, plus whatever magic is in your soul, right? All right. Like, know that there are uh, that powers to it. There's a reason why dark wizards can beat good wizards. Like, there's, there's just all this stuff. There is a fight scene in the very beginning of this movie, the pre-credit fight scene, right? Yeah. That gives you such a great visual template for what the magic in this world is. They travel to three different dimensions with all the physical uh, signatures of why they're different and what's uh, changed by it. You see how the weapons are forged. You see uh, the the bad guys slowly begin to uh, uh, turn into these like the 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 uh, the the dark energy that they are drawing their powers from. It starts to change them as the movie goes on. But that first sequence, it just gives you this this primer that then as the movie goes on and explains the universe, you're like, oh, cool. Well, that's why she did that at the beginning of the movie. That makes sense. I like that. Like, that's that's what that power looks like, you know? And so then as they layer on top of it, like every other, like Harry Potter, the, the world is just always more interesting for what is in it. Mm. And in Harry Potter, it was, oh, ghosts are in the Hogwarts. And it was, oh, the paintings talk. And, and, they, and they have characters to them and stuff like that. All Doctor right. Strange, there's always another little like, oh, well, this is what astral projection means in the real world. Like, this is what you can do with astral projection in just a, a world where there's also Wi-Fi, right? Uh, or like, this is what <laughs> the artifacts are. And this is why they are... Uh, they are interesting and cool. Uh, you know, uh, they make there when Doctor Strange gets his famous cape, like that's a that's a it it feels very much like a character was introduced because they take care to make it like that. I feel like they and, did. They, you feel like they kind of had to do that. Like I I have the sense that you you can't just skim this or tweak it or dumb it down or water it down for audiences or modern it up or any things you always see with like Fantastic Four or these other things where they just blow it. This feels like you either don't do it at all or you go all in all the time with every single detail, even down to that cape and how important it is or else you don't have your Doctor Strange movie. I mean, this is a script written by C. Robert Cargo, who's a friend of mine, that he snuck a Warhammer 40K reference into the into the movie. <laughs> So if you want to know what his nerd cred is, like that's what his nerd cred. I mean, like he, I think he is somebody that that and Marvel understands, you know, that like yeah, no, let's let's make it nerdy. Let's let's get like right. let's 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 use all the all the names with that have fifty vowels in them, like uh, and 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 uh, let, let's do it all like that. The other thing that's really great about the film that I really appreciated is, uh, all right, spoiler alert. Uh, the end of the movie, there's usually a big fight between our hero and a villain for which you can't imagine his power. Mm. Uh, there uh, is a bit of a power behind Mads Milkinson, who plays the, the the central kind of antagonist throughout the majority of the movie. Right. Uh, and and like Guardians of the Galaxy, you get to a point where now our our hero needs to use some unconventional means to beat this unstoppable force in the final moments. Mm. This is one of the most interesting, fun ways that I think that they've ever done that. And it's been it's so exciting, especially coming after Civil War, which I rewatched the end of that this weekend as well, which is like. So sad. Yeah, like, I mean, like Civil War is like, 
the 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 central element is like this this fight between Tony Stark and Captain America yeah. that you realize like no there's going to be consequences to this and they're and they're beating the living crap out of each other and now Bucky is like disabling Tony Stark's armor. We don't know whether or not that's going to affect his life, like whether that affects his 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 heart itself, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and then on top of it, you have Baron Zemo looking to like kill himself because he's he's achieved what he's wanted, which is to get them <laughs> to fight with consequences, right? right? So he's gonna kill himself. Yep. Uh, and 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 uh, Black Panther stops him. Right. None of those are like, yeah, let's buy the action figure. Like Baron Zemo suicide action. Like you don't want that, right? Or it's not fun. This is fun yeah. with 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 capital letters. It is inventive. It's visual. It's so cool. Oh man, I can't wait. So I don't know if it's gonna be. It's probably gonna be tomorrow before I can see it. I'm really jazzed to see it. Election Day and then Doctor Strange. Perfect combination, I figure. Yeah. No, uh, totally. So, chat room, we're going to accept your calls, and you guys can uh, comment on the movie. I have some other questions about it, but I wanted you guys to be aware of this. 801-895-4724. Here's our first caller. Justin, this may hang you up because Skype's being dumb. If it does, I'll add you back to it. Uh, hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey guys, it's Ian. I'm Sci-Fi. Oh, hey man, don't go anywhere. This thing that happens on TMS just happens. So hold on. <laughs> I know it's freaking so annoying. Okay, he's. Hey, I, I finally get to experience it. Yeah, you listen. This is your first time—not your first time to the rodeo, but the first time on the back of this bucking bronco. So, yeah, uh, right, exactly. uh, good to have. Okay, Justin is back now. Uh, I am Sci-Fi. Go ahead, man. What are your What are your thoughts? Did you see it? Did you see the movie? Yeah, I saw it. I saw it on Thursday night at uh, at the shiny new Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn, New York. Oh, yeah. And uh, oh, nice! My God! Yeah. Ooh! Yeah! Well, oh my! That sounds like positive feedback right there. We're getting from you. Yeah, it's it, it's visually stunning. I mean, absolutely, what Justin said. Like, I, I mean, they they completely like take visual effects to a whole new level on these Marvel movies. I mean, it's it's shiny like Thor was, but at the same time, it's nice and polished. Mm. I, I mean, my only real complaint with it, and, and it's my complaint with almost all these movies these days, is that Marvel still has a villain problem. Mm. Like, there's 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 still really no like totally compelling villains they can go to because their most popular villains are with Fox or with Sony. Oh, interesting point. Yeah. How do they, um, Justin, how do you think we get that back or is it possible to get that back given well, the fact and, that and, they don't and, own and them anymore? I agree with I Am Sci-Fi on the larger level, especially considering, you know, hold on. He's going to sneeze. Oh, he sneezed. You guys didn't hear it. He muted it, but he sneezed. It was I great. I did sneeze. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, you you get you have an opportunity with Strange to possibly get into some more of uh, uh, you know villains that could be really cool. Like it, it'd be interesting to see a Mephisto um, in 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 a future Strange movie. Mm. Uh, but but he's right. I mean, listen, uh, we effectively are are fighting against in in the majority of this movie a uh, uh, corrupted. A uh, uh, despot or uh, a corrupted follower of uh, an ancient power, mm. and it's like it takes a, an, an amazing, an amazing inventive way for when Doctor Strange confronts this ancient, universe-consuming power uh, to to have it, you know, have him get through it, mm. right? Mm. And it's like, so you can't really bring back this ancient power, right? Because like you had to kind of do this 
not cop out, but just sort of like short circuit, ah, gotcha kind of ending. Yeah. Uh, is Mads Mikkelsen, who I love a lot, by the way, I think that guy is super compelling and everything I've ever seen him in. Is he just another one of these two dimensional, I'm evil for evil sake, uh, the world should be mine or uh, whatever dark power is greater than you all and I will serve it to the end. I mean, is it just one of those again? Like we do get those a lot. Yeah. I mean, listen, if 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 the pie maker bothered you in Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> That this might bother you. Okay, all but right. If if Guardians of the Galaxy was a uh, was was a fun enough of a movie for you to get over the fact that like, listen, you know the heroes are going to win at the end, right? Yeah. Like then, I, I think you'll be fine with it. Well, but who, I do agree. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I am sci-fi's right. You know, they in general, they they, I feel like we're going to need some movie where we see Thanos. Really, Thanos, some Thanos the hell up yeah. because, like, he's the big bad, and they're going to spread across two movies in Infinity War, and we 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 gotta we gotta see him do some rad stuff. They cast a great actor for him. They they have no problem with with, with great casting in these films. But right. I do agree that in general, there is a larger villain problem. They've been able to mask it with how great the rest of their movies are. Okay, so I and I agree too, but I'm trying to think of the existing canon of films. I'm trying to think who's who then who's the most who's the least like that. Like I would have said trailers before I saw the movie, I thought maybe Ultron was going to be our guy. I really did. I thought, "Oh, this is going to be interesting. He's not even human, but the yeah. brain on that guy and it's going to create some really interesting uh you know, coalescing of intelligence and maniacal whatever. And there's real questions about humanity and when does, when does life begin and end and blah, 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 all that stuff. And it didn't transpire that way. It ended up just being kind of a joke. And yeah. so I was just thinking, well, who, who of all of the villains best represents a more complex uh, bad guy? And Maybe Zemo's the closest we're, we've gotten. Because, oh no, Loki. Loki would be Loki would be the would be the answer there, right? Yeah, like, but he's just the he's the god of mischief, like he was in the ancient, uh, you know, mythologies. Just sort of this that thing. I mean, again. he's he, but he's the one that you want to go on his journey. You want to buy into his journey uh, yeah. uh, more than any of the other ones. Yeah, and I, and you got to give it to Hiddleston or however you say his name. That, yeah, that guy owned that in a way that made that you know, way more compelling than I think maybe it would have otherwise. But other than that, I mean, yeah. like, uh, uh, you know, in terms of I iconography, Loki's probably the most famous. Red Skull's probably right after that. Yeah. Uh, of, of villains that have appeared in the movies. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Hey, listen, Dr. Doom, they can't touch. Uh, any of the Spider-Man's rogues gallery, which might be the best in the business, can't touch. Can't touch. Right? Because yep. they are all locked down with other movies. Yep. Magneto can't touch. Yep. So and and the X Men, uh, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, can't touch, right? Yeah. yeah. So so you're right. I mean, listen, a, a lot of their villain bench has been kind of taken from them. Uh, although you know you could say they they do have Kingpin and 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 he does a great job on the on on the show. Yeah, but. he does. But he's also for another. He's for another thing. Like having him go up against the Avengers would be weird. Like I don't know if he'd work as well. We got a caller on the line. Who's this? This happy guy, Michael Haley. Hey, happy guy, Michael Haley. How you doing? What's up, dude? Good. Good. What are your uh, uh, What's your take? My wife and I saw it on Saturday night, and we both loved it. It was a nice uh, ride and perfect for 3D. 
Oh, I was going to ask about that. You see it in 3D, Justin, or no? I did. I did. Uh, all right. So I hate 3D. I hate 3D a lot. I think <laughs> it's bad and it's robbing you of money so you can watch a darkened screen. Um, <laughs> that being said, right, this movie is great in 3D. Mm. Uh, it is made for 3D. Here's my only thing. I, I like uh, our, our friend, saw it at uh, an Alamo draft house, except uh, mine was in San Francisco and not in Brooklyn. Uh, I love the draft house. It's so great. They are not great for 3D because they have a film projection system or digital film that is not crazy high contrast IMAX 3D. Mm. If you can see it in IMAX 3D, see it. If you, if you want to see it in 3D, see it in IMAX 3D. Because the, the the crazy brightness on that really does a lot to only make it look like you're you're watching the movie through one gray veil as opposed to turning your iPhone down to 10% brightness and, and, and watching the movie. <laughs> okay, well, I have heard this too, and maybe this is the first 3D movie I'm willing to see since... Um... You know what? My my last 3D movie might have been 2009 and Avatar because I hated that experience so much. And uh, now that was before two eye surgeries that may make my experience either better or worse. I don't know. Uh, it worth it to see in 3D. All right. I mean, like they they take it very seriously. Okay. Uh, it 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 looks exceptional, especially when you get to the crazy acid freakouts. Okay, so you're not, but we're not talking about some tacked on later 3D effect mumbo jumbo that just doesn't hold up and look like garbage. You're saying this looks like good 3D, well used. Uh, doesn't doesn't they're not using it as a gimmick, but they're also not using it as an afterthought. This is like actual good cinematic use of 3D. That's what you're telling me. I, I just think that it's on purpose. Like the reason why I hate 3D normally is that it really doesn't do a lot for the story. Yeah. Um. And and if anything, it's like, hey, all right, would you like to pay me five more dollars for your ticket, <laughs> and in exchange, yeah. you'll watch it through a, a very a very thin shallow pool of mud. Um, and, and you'll get a rock flying toward your head at one point yeah. at somebody, at some point, someone's going to duck under a, a low hanging pipe and you will feel like you need to duck under that same low hanging pipe. And there's a 74% chance that the glasses we hand you, despite what we tell you or what plastic they came in, will be, uh, will have some measure of human feces on them. Yes. This happens every time. Yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, I liked it. I liked it in 3D. It's well made for 3D. Yeah. You deserve to see it in 3D. Go like make sure you see it at at an IMAX, a digital IMAX 3D, which got a really bad rap for a long time because they weren't real IMAX. Yeah. And so we would call it like Limax or whatever yeah. because it wasn't the exact specs. Sure. Uh, and that's fine. Well, when they were trying to do that, but. They're they're the best for 3D because of the the brightness. They, right. they have extraordinarily bright screens. All right, I have a screen. I have a screen like that here. I'll have. I think I may. You may have just convinced me to do it. Plus, uh, tickets are cheaper on Tuesday where I'm going, so I think nice. I may be able to see it for the price of regular digital 2D. So I'll let people know now. Real quick on this on the whole villain thing. Yeah, I want to I want to explore this just a tiny bit. I was racking my brain about who's left uh, in the Marvel pantheon of villains for future films, whatever those films may be. And I'm having a really hard time outside of what Fox and Sony have ownership of right now of thinking of one that we could really make an interesting turn with outside of Kingpin. Let's pretend he's off the table for the moment. 
Yeah. Um, do you have anybody that comes to your mind where you could go, oh, sure, I could totally see so-and-so blob man be the bad guy in this upcoming thing? Like, what? I can't think of one. And that's bad for Marvel. What do they, I guess, if we can't think of them, what do they do? What's their Well, I mean, uh, 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 besides Fing Fang Foom? Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, who doesn't want to, uh, hey, listen, man, drag uh, dragons are hot. Uh, a Kang the Conqueror, somebody that uh, uh, is being uh, said here by I Am Sci-Fi in the chat. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, but they're pretty two-dimensional is what I'm saying. Like, nothing. nobody's mentioned one yet where I go, oh, man, that sounds awesome. Maybe this caller on the line has an idea. Hi, who's this? Hello? Oh, it's Hang Up Joe McGillicuddy. He hung up on us. Oh, maybe I'll Hang Up Joe. Maybe I'll call him back just for funsies. Let's see if this works. <laughs> this would be really funny. Oh, no, he, he he hung up that time. All right, well, he's gone. Um, So, uh, but but I just think that's a challenge for them. And it would be really nice if somebody could go on loan. Like, I know that Doctor Doom is primarily a Fantastic Four villain. All right, so here, this is according to comicvine.com. Yeah. This is the, the, the top Marvel villains. All right, what right? do you got? What do you got? So, Doctor Doom off the table. Magneto off the table. Norman Osborn up, maybe on the table. Maybe now that now that they're sharing villains, yeah. if right? They make a deal, sure, sure. Red Skull already in a movie. Loki already in a movie. Galactus off the table. Ultron, which that is a generous placing for Ultron uh, at 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 seven. But uh, Ultron I, I, in the comic is really great. That movie representation is a pooper. Yeah, I, I still don't think that. I mean, because like behind him. Thanos, Apocalypse, Kingpin. I yeah, put all of yeah. them ahead of. That's a good point. Yeah. Ahead of uh, uh, there, uh, Doctor Octopus, uh, Venom, uh, Mephisto. They would have uh, Dormammu. Mm, maybe he's already in there. Maybe uh, is is Modok on there? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, Leader has already been in the movie. Yeah. Uh, Baron Zemo, Sabretooth, Carnage, Phoenix Force. I mean, listen, half of these. I'll tell you what. Uh, Daredevil, Daredevil really does have a have a have a good rogues gallery between yeah. Bullseye, Kingpin, yeah. and uh, and Elektra. Mm -hmm. You know those are good. Uh, Modok pulls up. Uh, yes, there's a lot of good a lot of good guys that can, can do double duty. Like for a while, they're like they're they're like uh, Catwoman. They can be villain for some of the time. They can be hero some of the time. Reluctant to be both, but they can kind of switch sides. Like Daredevil's got a load of those. I wish some of those were. Here, but again, Marvel's picked their poison there. They're like, oh, that's a TV. Now thing. here's here's the one movie that I I would love to see. All right, is Fantastic Four's got the Skrulls. Yeah, I've always figured like like that's a movie right there, the Skrull movie where they're they're changing and you don't know who people are and it's this Mission Impossible kind of flick. Like you know, like that to me is like boom right there but man, that shows how deep the the villain roster is for for the fantastic four yeah for sure hey caller you're you're here with us who's this i think they hung up again damn it this guy's chicken just talk to us here i'll try it again i'm gonna call him it's gonna <laughs> drive him crazy that i call him um all right so yeah oh look at this we're actually getting a ring through let's see what happens here this will be really fun first time on the show everybody we're calling someone back who hung up too early right now they're freaking out they're going, oh, shit. They they're going, what? They can call me back? Yeah, they're not going to answer. Am I thinking? That's not going to happen. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Here's my question about the scrolls, though. That was a multi-book Civil War-style thing. That was an event 
that covered uh, that spanned across everything a lot like Civil War did. So you could go pick up a half a dozen comics with characters in it that were dealing with the scroll invasion. Um, very much body snatchers sort of derived story. Sure, yeah, but there's but there's always um, there's there's always uh, uh, you know there's there's big stories and small stories to be done with the scrolls because well, they're that's a visiting my, force. That's right? my point, though. Couldn't couldn't we? go ahead and see that happen because they're not the sole proprietorship of Fox because they're not, I don't think they're exclusive to Fantastic Four. I think they are, which is why we've never seen them. Mm. Yeah, it says right here, Scrolls are a fictional race of extraterrestrial shapeshifters appearing in American comic books published by Marvel Comics. The Scrolls have been regularly featured in several, several decades of Marvel Comics, usually as villains bent on invading Earth and engaging in prolonged war first appearing in the Fantastic Four. So maybe. I don't know how those contracts work. Like, oh, so here, yeah. Yeah, James Gunn has said that Marvel and 20th Century Fox co-own the screen rights to the scrolls. Oh. That some specific scrolls are owned by Fox, but the scrolls as a concept are co-owned. Hmm. So that makes me think that they're just sitting on the scrolls because like they're like, hey, listen, one of these phase three, phase four, we can just make all about the scrolls, and every one of these movies are going to be dealing with, you know, will they, won't they, are they a scroll, are they a not, who's the Cylon, let's play Jimi Hendrix. Right. Yeah, I'm going through this. Uh, man. Dormen. What's his name? His name? Dormammu? What's his name? He's in the new Dormammu. thing. Dormammu. He's in it, right? He's in your movie you just saw. Isn't he's he? in uh, He's in Doctor Strange. Okay. Sure. Uh, we got Mandarin. Already had him in Iron Man. Kind of half-assed. It was okay, but whatever. Leader you talked about. Uh, Sabretooth is not owned. Carnage not can't do it. Phoenix Force can't do it. Bullseye. Hmm. Can't remember where he comes from. Yeah, this oh, is Daredevil. a... That's Daredevil, yeah. Th this is a problem. Like, I'm I, I'm going through these names and realizing, yeah, there's a, there's a problem here. Like they don't do they. Okay. Ah, so here's the next part portion of this discussion. And then we can transition to Westworld. Do they does Marvel in your estimation hit this wall, know that they're hitting it and give us something totally new. They can, they invent a villain and not just rework one or tweak one or even fully represent one that already exists like straight up create whole cloth new villain for uh for a marvel film i think they have the clout now mm. certainly so all right they get I away with you it could, you could absolutely make up another uh, uh make up a villain and and microwave a a, a character for for marvel uh, i think that we might be at that point i think it would be wise for them to start doing it now before you know you kind of really start scraping the the back of the cupboard for for villains yeah, right yeah but maybe the issue is just just overwrite lesser villains maybe just that's the idea is like you never need to really create a villain from whole cloth when there's always going to be some rando villain that got punched in the face once i mean like listen <laughs> A uh, 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 Deadpool took Negasonic Teenage Warhead, which all of seven people were, were aware of, yeah. and all of a sudden made her m a more of an exciting X-Men 
than Jubilee, who was in a popular cartoon when I was. Well, a kid. Pl- plus right. you could you could argue the Marvel movies took almost the entire cast and elevated them. You know, Iron Man and Captain America, the Avengers themselves were all kind of B tier until these movies. None yeah. of them were so like just top just plot. overwrite a lesser villain. I totally agree. Hi, uh, you're on the air. Who's this? Uh, this is Mastodon from Atlanta. Hey, Mastodon, what's going on? What up? Hey, guys. Uh, well, I uh, I think the problem is with the villains is that we don't get a chance to emphasize with them. Like, uh, the reason Kingpin and Punisher did really well, I think, in the TV series, we get to see their point of view. We get to, you know, see some of their story and kind of get attached to them. And I'd like to see that with maybe Thanos. I don't want him to be just a big bad. If you ever read the comic, Thanos uh, Rising, mm-hmm. Um, that was amazing because his uh, infatuation with death and stuff. I, you kind of don't see him as this like just a gotta punch him until he's down kind of bad guy. I want to see someone I can have mixed feelings about. Sure, and have some um, some way to relate to him, either good or, or for bad. He makes a good point, and I'll give a good example of this. I who, think that, who, who did he use as an example? Uh, uh, he was using Thanos in okay, this yeah. particular series. So I'm going to say that the best example of this film wise is probably and i know again it's fox but i think the our initial introduction to magneto was pretty dang effective it was uh here's old man magneto but back in the day he's a kid and his parents uh, are being separated from him in a very real atrocity in a jewish uh, you know concentration camp and he his first his powers are first sort of acknowledged by him sort of pulling a fence in on itself, trying to get to his parents. That was enough to have you go, oh, man, he's kind of got a point. I get why he feels the way he gets. He's got a very different approach than Professor X, but I get it, man. Man, the kid, the thing you go through as kids, like more than just an origin story, like really, like there's some emotion there. The rest of them don't really do this very well anyway. Uh, The Joker can be like that, although I'd argue... The Joker's more about the Joker. The Joker works for DC because the Joker's just kind of nuts, and you don't need to be told explicitly explicitly why he is necessarily. You just need to know that he is, and you can fill in the blanks. And I think Nolan was brilliant brilliant to have him tell stories about how his face got cut when yeah. most of them were fake. But you always wondered, well, wait, which one is true? Like he was a true terrorist. That guy, you never yeah. really knew what was going on, and that works for him. And that's why he's one of the greatest villains of all time. Marvel's kind of out of those. They just don't have those now, at least that they have access to. So I'm totally with the caller. Like, they need to be able to do that. Now, how do they do that with somebody like Thanos? I haven't read the comic he's talking about, but Thanos is this big intergalactic guy looking for a gauntlet full of gems in it so he can just run the show. All right. It's just a big alien man. It doesn't have any relation to me or my life at all. That's why I do feel like we're going to need some kind of window into the soul of Thanos uh, that kind of sets up Infinity War. Yeah. Because if he just shows up and, and slams down into Times Square and says, I'm Thanos, I run the world now, like, <laughs> then it'll just be like, okay, whatever. Now we're going to get all the people together and they're all going to punch him really hard and that'll be the end of the show. Like, yeah. And that's fine. That can be what it is. But I, I, I agree that we need to get some sense of the hierarchy of, uh, of, of like, okay, well, is Thanos like a king? Is he an intergalactic king? Is he a mob boss? Like, there are very different ways that people act. Like, is that his porch that he's sitting on? Or does he really just live on a desolate 
uh, asteroid all the time? Where mm-hmm. does he go to the bathroom? Mm-hmm. No, and, and a lot of things about Guardians uh, should give us hope in that way because what you've done with Guardians, your most relatable is your Earth kid who grew up in space being a swashbuckler. That yeah. makes sense to everybody, and that kind of works. But also, all the other archetypes in that movie you can get your head around. There's a talking uh, raccoon, but the way he talks and what he does you understand that he's a mercenary and you understand that he's that he's wisecracking and you understand that his, despite his size, he makes up for it in his attitude. So it totally works. The tree is like the gentle robot, the thing we've seen a billion times in a billion stories. He has yeah. little to say, but feels like he has the biggest heart in the room. We get it, right? Like it just, you just get it. So they need those kinds of relatable things with Thanos. And I just don't know what those are yet. Like, what are those? And I haven't read enough Thanos. I probably I come to this the least expert possible. Well, and listen, these movies are not like. I don't think that these are necessarily criticisms of Marvel because they've obviously structured their movies in a way that the villains don't necessarily matter all that much. Yeah. Uh, and that is a decision that they have made is that they are building heroes. They are not building villains. The villains are a little, you know, rinse and repeat. Like you, you just gotta, you know, have somebody to to win at the end of the day. Over. Yeah. Uh, all that being said, I I agree that when when we're now talking about the mega movies, when we're talking about okay, we're gonna need two movies to defeat Thanos. Either there's got to be more behind his motivation, or we have to really be invested in like, oh, dude, this guy is hardcore, and I don't think that's just going to be. Like I'm Thanos. Look, bah. now uh, Venus is is dust. <laughs> bah. <laughs> All right. One one final uh, thought. If uh, speaking of Guardians, you don't cast Benicio del Toro in something and have him hang around for five minutes and you're done. So the collector could well be way more important moving forward. Maybe just their movies. Maybe he gets further along but the collector's actually a pretty complex interesting character yeah so there's potential there also i just again the casting makes me think there's more to be said you don't stunt cast for for a you know outro at the at the end of the credits for nothing like there's more to that and you might say well then are they, they going to do a howard the duck thing i don't know about that or not i'm just saying if you're if you're hiring del toro for that quick moment you you've got more and you have more in mind with him so maybe he's our next guy i don't know but after him there's nothing dude it is a big ugly mess good luck uh i would love it if the green goblin hobgoblin any of the goblins freaking any of the star or any of those guys uh would be great we've seen william striker i guess he's sort of interesting i mean but at the end of the day like i really don't know how much it matters i think it matters for infinity war because they're doing two movies right but uh i really don't i mean like listen we saw Mads Milkinson play a character that I don't even remember the name of. And, and at the end of it, they faced off against Dormammu, who's effectively a, a gigantic face in a sputtering television screen. So it's like, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I just, I, and I love that movie to pieces. So it's like, really, how much does it matter? Yeah. How much does it matter that it's Crossbones or the elfin uh, man who's the first, uh, or the, the 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 Doctor Who. Like, it doesn't really matter all that much. Yeah, that's a good point. Marvel has focused on a very different thing, and I think that... Listen, it's about the heroes. It's about the heroes yeah. and their journeys, and 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 that's, you know, it's fine. And they brought... De- they've The kind of depth we're asking for from the villains, I mean, we're kind of... We're kind of 
begging and choosing here, but they they are that is something they're they've done to heroes and we we are forgetting now that we've done enough of these and they've been impressive enough we're starting to forget what they actually did with these movies they had figured out a way to take these somewhat two-dimensional characters off of a page and turn these heroes into complex interesting characters that aren't just one note superman types they and they've done a really really great job at marvel less of a great job at dc and it's hard and they keep doing it, and I think we forget that. So now we're asking for things because we're taking for granted that other thing. So yeah. relax, everybody. Maybe they'll get their head around it. Maybe they'll get their other properties back. Who knows? They're becoming the biggest media company in the history of time. If they're not, I mean, I think they already are. So, and they just popped $80 million out of Doctor Strange yeah. on an opening weekend in November. Yeah, so. 350 worldwide already. And we're not even three days into this thing so i guess some of them opened them earlier but still it's insane it's insane what's happening all right let's talk about insanity of whole a whole new ilk uh that would be westworld yeah uh the future where we got a theme park with a bunch of people doing it Scott, and shooting it yeah I'm, I'm 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 pissed off and i'm pissed off at you specifically all right you want to know why yep because we didn't do this show last week <laughs> when I was really in love with the show. I know. I was going to come on here and talk about how much I loved Westworld and Westworld was the best. And, and all of my previous complaints are null and void. And then I saw this week and I'm like, no, now my complaints are back. So now everyone's <laughs> just going to know me on this show as the guy who complains about Westworld. When, when if we had done the show last week. I would have been the guy who loved Westworld. Let's rewind, though. Let's rewind just a little bit and put you back in the frame of mind of what the previous episode did for you that this one ruined. I'm very curious about that because I am on I am on the same positive trajectory and feel great about everything I'm seeing so far. And I'm very curious about where you were at with that one because that one had a lot of twists and turns that were very much like, oh, okay, so she's seeing... We're we know that time is being messed with. Our time is being messed with. They they basically just showed their hand with that, right? Like straight up, her on the train, talking to these people, experiencing this stuff, and then suddenly they're not there. Well, why? Because she's in yeah. a simulation. Uh, right. hey, by the way, uh, 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 two things. Number one, we're doing Westworld spoilers, so if you don't want Westworld spoilers, then then that'll be it. Yeah. Um. Uh. Number two, uh, you're right. People were pointing out in the chat room that Infinity War is not going to be two movies. It is going to be one movie. Yeah, so, they changed uh, that, it. That was uh, that was my mistake. Well, it was, and then they changed. Then it got they got pushed so, back. Yeah, to one. So I, I was not up uh, 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 up to date. Right. Good uh, decision on them. Yeah. And uh, uh, I'm sure we can all fit in one movie between the seven editions of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which is uh, based on a fake book that is actually 25 pages. So that'll be really great. Great. Awesome. Um, now, <laughs> Westworld. Aren't you excited, though, about the upcoming George R.R. R. Martin films or TV shows that are based on, like, some essay he wrote and threw away once and then found in the closet? Because we're going to get those things, too, you know. That's what this is. It's like it's like finding Tolkien's old notes on, you know, Boromir's sister and going, oh, shit, we got a whole new three-movie trilogy going on. I think it's just, like, just you don't got to spread them. Like, give me all the... The old J.R. like J.R.R. Tolkien's greatest masterwork as written on a Ruby Tuesday's napkin. Like, <laughs> that's fine. Give me all of them. I want I want all of uh, all the things. That's fine. Yeah. But just one movie. Yeah. One movie per crazy thing. 
Like maybe the Hobbit you could have done two because there are a lot of set pieces that you can spread out. Sure. But if if you're trying to tell me that we absolutely needed to get 30 minutes of the barrel scene, like like no, we don't. Yeah. We don't need 30 a 30 minute action set pieces uh, out of the idea that seven dwarves <laughs> that I can still not name uh, uh, are are in barrels. Uh oh, will they get out of the barrels? Yeah, there's two more movies in the in the in the thing. <laughs> I gotta yeah. get out of the barrel. You're not wrong. I agree 100. percent That thing overstayed its welcome. Did okay up till two, and then ugh. anyway. So yeah. So uh, what was our point? Oh, Westworld. So uh, so where were you then? And now where are you now? So I really liked it. Uh, uh, you know, I, I I thought that the show is at its best when it knows what its main mysteries are and it is driving us toward their conclusions. Yeah. I had this realization today about the difference between confusion and suspense. All right. And how we very often in the shows and movies that we like tend to confuse them. Mm -hmm. Confusion is I understand the pieces, but I don't in any way understand how they're moving together, but I'm fascinated by the pieces. Right? Yeah. Suspense is. I know the pieces and I know the direction that they're heading. Yeah. And now I'm, 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 I'm ginned up to find out exactly how that plays out. Right. You have the two pieces of that puzzle. You just don't know the destination. I get that. Sure. And I think that right now I was happy. I'm at, I'm happiest with Westworld when I am in suspense. I am least happy with Westworld when I am confused. Um, that's an interesting point. I know what you're talking about, but I also like that when something gets confusing, I go, oh, that's uh, not what I thought it was. Okay, They're, they have more to show. I guess it's it's not bugging me unless I don't get any fulfillment on the things I was originally confused about. Like, well, I, need, yeah. I do need some through line. I totally agree with that. But the things that are bothering me about the show might be just a, a tad different. And, and so I'll just throw this into your basket and then we'll keep talking about it. Yeah. What's bugging me if this is even anything to be bugged about is I still get really worked up about logistics. Yeah. And, and so what happens is they'll say, well, okay, here's, here's a good example. They'll walk into a part of the park where it's just a bunch of cowboys and cow ladies and people of the town milling around, you know, cleaning horses and washing stuff. Yeah. And then it'll all pause and they'll talk about the expansion of the park and walk through and then they'll resume their, their lives. And, I'm to myself, I'm thinking, I haven't seen an actual client in this place in and like, where is everybody? Yeah. Is, you are really talking about an enterprise that is so large and so expansive and has so much at stake with so much going on all the time and all these loops happening. Yet there's no one there who's who's actually if it's 40K a day. Well, I know of like two guys and a third horny one this time who all are paying but that is that it like every like what do we where's the revenue like i start getting real funky about revenue models and sustainability and well and especially because like you know uh asshole mcgirt uh uh who has now been abandoned by mcpoyle um <laughs> like he's like they're like yeah we're paying 40k a day anyway like yeah, I'm just going to bang some people for a bunch of time because, like, I'm just waiting for the interesting stuff to happen. And it's like, oh, okay. I mean, I know that when I go to a theme park, yeah, 
I'm running to my favorite thing. <laughs> right? Yeah. And maybe this is different. Like, but even then, it's like, so I've 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 kind of let go a little bit of the, uh, of the logistical stuff, although a lot of it does bother me a little bit. Like walking her through the building and saying she, you know, she's become self-aware enough that, that she's demanding that the Chinese guy walk her through. He's Asian. I don't know what he is, but walks him, yeah. walks him through the place. And he's super nervous because he's low level. He's downstairs in like the surgery department where they're taking bullets out of some of the hosts or whatever overnight. So then get back into the, the, the into the rotation or whatever. So, him just like walking her around. There's not like is there any security in this place? Are there cameras anywhere? <clears throat> that that bothered me as well. I talked to Andrew. Andrew loved this episode, but Andrew's like uh, 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 Maine. Andrew Maine yeah. is, is like all in on 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 a lot of these larger mystery things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I agreed with him that that there is a lot that was taught that there's a lot that was shown in this episode mm-hmm. and there are some theories that I don't think a lot of people are talking about that were kind of very 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 well laid out mm-hmm. um but it just seems in its execution to either be this episode specifically I'm talking about yeah cliched or just like not necessarily as suspenseful as it could be because you're right like when she was walking around i'm like is that guy gonna be like oh wait no someone's gonna see me and check you out and and uh, someone uh, above board for me is gonna like yell at me and i'll lose my job yeah because what because he's obviously doing something that's not normal procedure he's he's got his little pad out i don't know he's supposed to be looking like he's doing something i suppose and he's in his he's in his freaking rubber boots and his you know his flesh pit clothes and she's just walking around in this dress that he got out of wardrobe or whatever, and they're in the design department. They're in the uh, the other thing. They're up and down escalators in this very sparse place. Uh, it it just I don't know. I don't mind the, like the look of it, the idea that she's exploring in this way. That's all great. Also, that giant screen. Who's that advertising to? Is it advertising to the people that work there? Like like some of that stuff. I just go. I don't understand the business practices here, and I know that's not what I'm supposed to focus on. And I should be more into the sort of ethereal kind of dreamlike quality of things but i just keep getting hung up on the day-to-day like where's the where's the break room how come but that I think guy's that's, doing that but the problem is is that they haven't they haven't they're, they're they're doing a show that very obviously relies on a 30-year time jump mm-hmm. right yeah that that HBO effectively tipped when they're like, "Hey, make sure you pay attention to the logos mm-hmm. on how different the logos are yeah. uh, in different things," uh, and then also the idea that I think is is more and more spelled out that there are members of this of of Delos that are themselves hosts. Right. Right. So they are telling you. Pay attention to every little detail. Mm-hmm. However, they have not paid attention to, like, oh, well, how, what are the economics of the park? Uh, uh, why does all the workspace look like a Jonas Ockerlin music video? <laughs> like, you know, uh, yeah. is this existing in the same world as the movie, mm-hmm. which we see the gunslinger, like, in, in this episode, which is from the original movie? Like, should we, should that be a thing that we are looking at? Mm-hmm. And, it's just question on question on question on question on question, which 
He's not necessarily bad. Right. And if you if you if you uh pay off everything, then that's rad. Yeah. However, if you don't pay off everything, it is frustrating and it makes me worried when you do this like CW level like fake out where it's like, uh-oh, homeboy's drunk at the pool and uh, he's hitting on somebody and uh, like, what? Yeah, that this scene. super hot 20-something really runs the board. Yeah, that, like, bug, that bugged me. I didn't like that. That was, that was it, super it's trite. It's like, okay, those are fine in a certain kind of show. Sure. But this is a show that we're supposed to be looking at like, no, every single cog is here for a specific thing. Yeah. And you should be banging it into the logos on the walls in every single scene. So when you're doing things that frustrated me in this episode included that and the idea that we did this very and lost lostian mm-hmm. kind of back and forth where mm-hmm. it's like Jeffrey Wright knows something. <laughs> his his the 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 smoking man slash woman uh, <laughs> does uh, doesn't know it. So they he goes to talk to her she breaks up with him yeah and he's like well no i'm not gonna tell you i'm not gonna tell you the thing that might bring down the entire park why is this park still open also yeah Yeah. like shut it down also also so this whole timeline thing this 30 years apart the different logos and stuff i like that stuff in in practice or in, in in concept but in practice what's happening is i'm now questioning every possible scene or camera change and wondering if that's not happening at the same time. So when I see her walking through the building with uh, with Asian guy, and then they cut to a scene of Jeffrey Wright going downstairs to look at some stuff. Yeah. Is that 10, 15 years apart? Is that the same time? Is it 30 years apart? I don't know. I've never seen Chinese guy and Jeffrey Wright in the same room before. Um, I, in fact, I have virtually zero idea, but they're all using kind of the same little control pads. So maybe I mean, let me let me just also say this. Oh, uh man. I don't like the timeline thing. Mm. I think it's unnecessary. Mm. Uh uh we'll see how it ends up. Maybe I'll be pro- proven wrong, yeah, right? Yeah. But I uh, I think man, there are so many great things that you can do in this universe to layer another big huge like time jump thing on top of it. I, I we'll see. Mhm. We'll see. Yeah, it has. I mean, it has time to flesh itself out. The one hint we got this week uh, that things are going to get interesting is that they say the final episodes of the season are going to be really brutal, whatever that means. Um, I don't know what that means. <laughs> also, <clears throat> I would like to know more about. Um, I, I I'm never I never know one minute to the next if uh, Anthony Hopkins is someone I should be hating or or loving. Is he going to save uh, everybody or isn't he? And they keep, again, tonally changing it. Like he's super menacing in that episode where he paused everything and the waiter kept pouring the drink. And in this one, he's kind of grandpa again. And I don't know I don't know where I land on that guy. I just can't figure that stuff out. So I need resolution on that. Like this is, maybe this is your problem. What I just described is indicative of the entire thing. There are like 50 threads that all need to be tied. And how yeah. can they possibly all be tied? I mean, has that ever happened in a TV show? Well, but just here's where we get. It's like, yeah, I mean, listen, Game of Thrones has more plot lines than Westworld does, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, Well, yeah. But it's like all of Westworld, all of Game of Thrones plots 
you can explain. It's all suspense. Right. Yeah, yeah. You can explain them. And it's also, you know, here's a sword. Here's a shield. Oh, that's magic. And that's a dragon. Like it's the, the, the rules of the world are pretty laid out with, you know, very few exceptions. I guess that's the thing is that there's just not like a scene where Jon Snow in North of the Wall runs into a wildling and the wildling happens to also be a white walker. Right. 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 Like, no, there are these people. There are these people. Some of them have different beliefs and ideas, but like in general, we we're not gonna like swerve you mm-hmm. and be like, uh oh, Mance Raiders really the king of the whites, and it's like, <laughs> like uh, okay, yeah, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, occasionally they'll do something. Uncle Benjamin is an example, right? Uh, but again, that's a George R. R. Martin thing. Well, sure, but even then, it's like okay, so cold hands exist, and yeah. cold hands is just this kind of like. You know, a, a, a cold hands s machina kind of like character <laughs> that both in the in in the in the movie or the show and the book kind of sweeps in and takes care of things, and then you realize like, but also it's like you kind of even when you read the books, you're like, oh man, Benjamin Stark got lost north of the Wall during a during a White Walker attack, right, right? Right. Now there's a mysterious being that kind of looks like you know uh, by by its description feels like Benjamin Stark mm-hmm. that is helping out people that Benjamin Stark would take care of. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and put two and two together and say these people are the, are the same. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, the math is simpler, and it's because they, they, they sort of just lay it out, and then the drama happens. And then this one, not so much. I, I Now, all that being said, I'm, I really like this stuff. I like being pulled along. I just need some resolution. And I know they don't want this to be a, season, a single season and be done. So... I can't possibly get all the resolution I want by the end of this thing, the end of this first season. I'll have to wait another year to see what the hell's going on. Like that seems per- that seems pretty certain at this point, doesn't it? Like there's no way we get to the the middle of the maze and find out who's living there and, and whatever, you know, where all these unregistered hosts came from and who's, you know, well I guess yeah. I guess we know what the ones are on that last episode cuz it was Anthony Hopkins doing it. So here's the big the big uh the big theory. Yeah. Uh that Ford Ford is a host. Anthony Hopkins is a host. All right. Is that why he's got uh, he's got really good remote on telling everyone to start or stop again and all that? Well, so you have the the main guy right that is dead that yeah. is now the ghost of is 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 affecting people right mm-hmm. affecting the host. Yeah. Um. The idea is that he created Ford with out the restrictions that that they now have on the host right what, what if what if ford's arnold arnold so arnold made ford okay but let's say Ar- i'm I, what i'm saying is i think arnold's not dead i think arnold's a real life human living in the center of this thing somewhere protected and that and i and then that ford's a host and that that's all everything else you said i think is true but i don't think this arnold feller is dead i, think, I mean maybe I think but also exists. it's like then, like, I, I, this is, I think, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, split uh, face, uh, split face kid was cool. I thought that was all right. You yeah, like that? That was pretty cool. I guess, I mean, but that, that's the thing. It's like, I just don't know how many <laughs> questions do we need before we just start getting <laughs> answers. And that's what frustrated me about this episode is yeah. that, like, okay, Flood now is a uh a more 
intense killer, yep, right? Yep. Like he went and killed a bunch of people. Yeah. We saw him be very, very moral, and now he has switched into somebody else. Like, okay, cool. That's a cowboy it trope. Matter. It's a like cow- they're, they're, yeah. They can all be uh, uh, rewritten, and it's like, okay, if the point is we are now going after Ford, right? We yeah. are taking down Ford, and that was the point of that that meeting with the man in black and Ford. Yeah. At, at the saloon. It's like, you need to give me a reason why Ford isn't just collapsing all of humanity to murder this one person. <laughs> right? Because he runs the world. Yeah. You got to find... But the motives are very weirdly unclear of it on all fronts. I don't know what anyone's motive is except for maybe uh, Maeve and freaking Dolores because theirs is a simple one it's to figure out what the hell's going on and who they are and why they're doing what they're doing but everyone else i don't know what their motives are guy peeing on the map freaking fire that guy uh yeah. freaking the hemsworth brother i don't know what motivates him really and i'm still not totally sure what motivates the girl that works for uh jeffrey wright because she keeps making out with the robots when nobody's looking but then acts like, you know, uh, teacher's pets uh, nerd figuring out all this stuff like, you know, uh, uh, like a Hardy Boy novel or something. Like, I don't know what motivates any of the people in this thing. And that's part of the problem. In Game of Thrones, I know what's motivating people. It's power. It's gold. It's money. It's dragons. It's armies. It's land. It's, yeah, it's survival, yeah, right? Yeah. And this, I don't and, know. I don't know what motivates anyone. Now, again, part of me is super intrigued by that. But I got to get I got to get somewhere. Sometime, somewhere. So uh, Mastodon points out that there is Arnold, Bernard, Clementine, Dolores, Edward slash Teddy. So A, B, C, D, E. If if you are, if you if you want to read into. Oh boy. Uh, 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 all that, but again, it's like this just reminds me of Lost, and it's just like where like where Lost <laughs> had so many amazing, interesting theories in the first two seasons, and then it was just like. Oh no, no. Now Nikki and Paulo are here and like mm-hmm. like oh okay. Yeah. I guess you just don't have answers to these, right? Like yeah. is that what what we're going to get? Well, is- and this one has Paulo in it, so maybe that's a sign. He's the he's he's uh what's his name? Gomez or Rodriguez or whatever. Anyway, the bad guy in the black leather with yeah. the scar. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so here's my here's my the final thing I would say from my point of view. They have a lot they have already established a lot to answer for. And if they can successfully do that, that may make this one of the most memorable shows in the history of ever. Yeah. Uh, if they can't do that, then this is just another J.J. Abrams produced thing that went could be that potentially could go nowhere. And I don't like to, you know, I don't like to f- say horrible things about a thing that hasn't played through. I want to see what the vision is, but I, I just don't know. I really don't know. Like at this point, I don't freaking know. So I guess I'm with you in that this new episode, while the last one felt like a couple of steps forward, this one felt like a weird, twisty, drunk step to the side or something. Um, at least yeah. so far. I missed the final 10 minutes, so I don't know how it ended. But uh, Somebody died. Yeah, or I mean, the ending is is uh, is is dependent on on uh, on on, you know, girl in the creepy cabin trying to figure out creepy cabin stuff. Oh, great. All right. Um, but at the same time, like, yeah, uh, uh cabin Kipper says, spoiler, uh, they're all robots. I'm into them all being robots. Mm. Like I'm into, to, to, like I'm into all of Westworld being that, uh, that, that fire pit gathering where it's like something happened and now they're all just doing the same thing that they always do. 
because that's what their programming is, right? What if everyone's a robot except for uh, Ed Harris? What about that? I like them apples. There's my theory. Laying I mean, sure. Is Ed Harris there to save humanity? Is he there to join the robots? Like, like what? He is there to endlessly entertain me with his face. I freaking He's great. Love, I love that the guy. Acting's really, really good on this. I think that, that you've gotten a, 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 a an amazing, amazing work. Sandy Newton, this is this is great. Yeah. And oh my God, Sandy Newton. Yeah. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Rick House. Holy smokes. <laughs> well, on that note, I think we've uh, I think we've accomplished all we needed to I'm accomplish. I'm just saying that that you know uh, uh, <laughs> there's there's no level 14 restrictor on 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 parts of Sandy Newton. Those are 20s. <laughs> Looking good for 44 is all I'm saying. Dude, killing it. Yeah, killing it at 44. Folks, that, that signals the end of today's uh, Hotline Monday. Uh, thanks to those who showed up uh, late as we were late, and uh, we appreciate you being here live. For those at home, you know the, no difference. It's just going to come out to you, and you're going to be happy to get it. Uh, Justin, anything to say before we go? Anything to pimp? Pimp away, sir. Pimp. Uh, hey, election coverage tomorrow night on DiamondClub.tv. Me and Tom Merritt guide you through all things election we're going to be real nerdy about it, looking at Secretary of State's websites. Also, make sure that you uh, make sure that you go and uh, sign up for the Contender mailing list because we got some deals on everything tomorrow. Yeah, best time to go see uh, 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 Mr. Strange is tomorrow night while all this stuff's going on. That may be what I do. I may I may avoid results counting for the first time in many elections. We'll see. No, watch us. All right, maybe I'll watch you. I'll put you on. I'll put you on uh, AGR and just listen to you all in there or something while I'm watching the movie. There you go. That's a good waste of money. Uh, for me, there's not. Uh, I just got back from a con. My head's still spinning. I got too much to do. So if you want to follow whatever's happening in my life, you can follow me at Scott Johnson. Of course, Frogpants.com for everything else. It's gonna do it for me and Justin. Have a great week. We'll be back next week with some nerdy topics of some sort for me and for Justin. Justin, we'll see you next time. See ya! Bye. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>